，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Farewell, Beethoven is a musical produced by the Green Ray Theater that has been thrilling audiences since 2018. The musical is set in northern Taipei in the 1960s, inspired by a hot springs hotel in the area. The newest edition of Farewell, Beethoven will be hitting the stage again in Taipei in December. FTB reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a sneak peek. Farewell, Beethoven tells a story set in the 1960s, written by acclaimed director Wu Nianzhen and award-winning songwriter Chen Mingzhang. The story was greatly inspired by a hot spring hotel in Chen's childhood, and many of Chen's signature song pieces are integrated into the plot. This is a story that everyone can enjoy. It is a story about Taiwan. Perhaps it can be turned into a repertory theater piece in the future, where it can be performed for generations and even showcased all over the world. In fact, Nakasi music is a very important element in Farewell Beethoven. I personally think Nakasi can be likened to Taiwanese jazz because both Nakasi and jazz are performed in clubs. Although in Taiwan it is performed in bars, it is similar. The newest edition of Farewell Beethoven, titled Farewell Beethoven 2.0 Revival, has been upgraded in many areas, spanning from its music and script to stage effects. The cast has also welcomed a few new faces. One new cast member is actor Fang Wenling. She will be playing one of the main characters, Ai Jiao, previously played by Lotus Wang. The place where I lived when I was young was very close to Beethoven, so I am very familiar with this place. Honestly, the first time I read the script, I was very stressed because I am new to stage play. I did a tour of Beethoven and then walked around the whole Beethoven. I visited bars and learned about the history of Beethoven. I discovered that the scenes in our play, the scene of the wooden house, really seem to have been moved directly from Beethoven to the stage. The show hopes to allow the audience to learn more about Beethoven's history. Farewell Beethoven 2.0 Revival will be on show at the Taipei Performing Arts Center from December 3rd to December 11th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Liang Junle in Taipei. Well, what are your favorite emojis? Maybe some kind of smile or laugh or a heart. What about a thumbs up? New data from Meta, the company that owns Facebook, is revealing Taiwan's most used emojis. How you use emojis can often give you hints about what groups you belong to, where you're from, and how old you are. We take a look at some of the most popular emojis in Taiwan and around the world. For many of us, picking up a phone and writing a friend a message isn't complete until it's signed with some emojis. It's this laughing while crying and rolling on the floor emoji. It means laughing out loud. 
I often use this one, the bitter laughter. Sometimes in life you feel really hopeless, but you have to face it somehow, and then without knowing why, you start laughing. As so many of us are glued to our phones, emojis have become an important new language. Your emoji usage often shows clear hints of what generation you belong to. These are the most loved emojis in Taiwan, according to Meta. Among all generations, the red heart is in the top three. The fire emoji is beloved among the 18 to 24 demographic. From ages 18 to 44, rolling on the floor laughing ranks high. While for those 45 and over, the birthday cake and thumbs up are popular. And of course, most of us have our least favorite emojis. This one that's crying, they're telling you something bad. This one means I'm genuinely laughing, but this one means I feel embarrassed, but I have to laugh about it. It makes me wonder if I said something wrong. The internet is global, and other countries have their own favorite emojis. Surveys by media around the world claim that this laughing with tears coming out is the most popular emoji worldwide. Second place is for the red heart, and third is that old favorite, rolling on the floor laughing. Perhaps surprisingly, national flags also feature high up on the rankings. Among the 51 countries of Europe, 19 feature in the most used, including the Ukrainian flag, which has grown popular as a way to express support for Ukraine as it resists the Russian invasion. Emojis are a vivid way to express yourself digitally, more emotive than dry text. They can also express multiple meanings and are unique to each user. Two DPP lawmakers on Thursday held a press conference saying that Simon Chang, the KMT's mayoral candidate for Taoyuan, had not always supported plans to bring the railway tracks underground in the city. The lawmakers say that while Chang was in the executive yuan, he had issued a document that greatly limited financial aid from the central government for such a project, effectively shutting down the proposal. The lawmakers say that goes against Chang's current claims that he had worked towards such an infrastructure overhaul. Two DPP lawmakers are accusing the KMT mayoral candidate for Taoyuan, Simon Chang, of being a liar. Chang in recent days has stated that when he was vice premier, he supported proposals to bring the railway tracks in Taoyuan underground. The lawmakers say that according to documents from the time, Chang is not telling the truth. The document states that the central government would offer a subsidy of 19.975 billion NT for plans to elevate the railway tracks. It adds that should the plan change to bring the tracks underground instead, the subsidy amount would remain the same despite the higher costs. Luo and Huang say that with an estimated cost of around 100 billion NT to bring the tracks underground, Taoyuan would have had to foot a bill of more than 80 billion NT for the project. There isn't a single local government that would be able to pay 80 billion NT on its own. So to put things simply, it was an indirect way to shoot the project down or perhaps not so indirect, telling the local government that the executive yuan would not support such a plan. Now that Simon Chang is running in the election, he's tried to give a spin to this document, but we've realized that his explanations don't add up. 
Had Mr. Simon Chang not had been in the executive yuan to put this 80 billion NT financial obstacle to block the project to bring the tracks underground, then we wouldn't have needed such a long time to discuss everything again with the Transport Ministry and National Development Council. The lawmakers also showed footage of an interpolation session in 2016, where Chang was asked to comment on Taoyuan's industrial sector. Then he had replied that he didn't know much about the local industry. The lawmakers questioned whether Chang was fit to be mayor of the special municipality. The point of the document is to explain what the original subsidy was. Then the transport ministry could give a more detailed plan for how the funds would be distributed. If he really was such a big supporter of bringing the railway underground, why did he write that on the financial plan for the project? He didn't say the matter should be reviewed. He drew a conclusion, saying that the central government would not cover any additional expenses. Huang and Luo criticized the mayoral candidate, saying that there was a full record of his positions while in government. The race for Jilong continues to heat up as both the DPP and KMT mayoral candidates brought in current and former presidents to help boost their campaigns. As President Tsai Ing-wen promoted fellow party candidate Tsai Shi-ying at the city's soon-to-be-completed transit station, KMT rival Xie Guoliang canvassed Jilong with former President Ma Ying-jeou. Both candidates seem to be pulling out all the stops as election day approaches. Geelong's intercity transit station is nearing completion. Early Thursday, President Tsai Ing-wen came to inspect the site. During her remarks there, she promoted the DPP candidate for mayor of Geelong, Tsai Shi-ying, thanking him on behalf of the city's people. Six years ago, after Tsai Shi-ying took office as legislator, his first meeting was to coordinate the site of our intercity transit station. At that time, his office was still being decorated and his business cards were not even printed, but he was already fighting for its construction for Geelong citizens. Tsai Shi-ying's KMT opponent, Xie Guoliang, also played the presidential card and invited former President Ma Ying-jeou to join him as he canvassed for votes. I believe that President Ma has helped us very much. The other party is afraid of being overwhelmed. They're afraid, so today they asked their President Tsai to come and assist. When Ma was in power, Jilong was in last place among Taiwan's cities. The transport minister appointed by Ma Ying-jeou had harshly criticized Jilong's urban development. I don't know if my opponent called in Ma to remind the people of Jilong that he was one of the butchers who messed up the city before. In the past, Jilong was a city abandoned by the KMT during its rule. Although the KMT had total power at the central and local levels, it was stingy in giving resources to the city, so Jilong's debt increased by 10 billion NT in the 10 years before I took office. With days to go before the election, both camps are pulling out all the stops in order to win supporters. The annual New Taipei Christmas Land is back in action. New Taipei's year-end extravaganza that runs until January 2nd will feature Disney character art installments as well as artificial snow shows. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Children play with artificial snow in this igloo. 
For the first time, organizers of the annual New Taipei Christmas Land have built one of these icy homes for children to play in and snap pictures. Children can also ride the merry-go-round at this Christmas extravaganza that's put on by the New Taipei city government each year. During the festival, the plaza in front of City Hall and a nearby park become the stage for light shows and installations featuring Disney characters. Even in the morning, the plaza is packed with people. Many wanted to come early to avoid nighttime crowds. There are more people at night, not so many in the morning. I'm afraid of something like what happened in South Korea. I want to bring my children to play here because it is Disney-themed. My children like Mickey Mouse and other cartoon characters very much. My favorite character is Spider-Man. Visiting in the morning was not bad. I walked around and felt that this year's Christmas will be different from before. I just went to the new Taipei City observation deck to look down. It was really great. The annual Christmas land has kicked off. Besides light shows and concerts, visitors can also visit the Christmas market, where they can buy food, accessories, and play games. Now in its 12th edition, Christmasland presents the country's largest light projection show every year. This year's show will be held in the square in front of the city government building. The theme of the festival will be Disney+. Plus. In addition, it will play a show inspired by the Northern Lights. Also at the venue, there will be artificial snow shows and a Christmas market to buy snacks and trinkets. Christmas Land has become one of the top 50 Christmas events in the world. It's the best place. To be able to hold this event here for such a long time is an honor for our city's brand. This wasn't easy to do. There are six famous brands represented here, including Disney, Pixar, National Geographic, and Star Wars. 2022 New Taipei City Christmas Land will be open until January 2nd for a total of 53 days, making it the longest-lasting Christmas Land to date. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Lu Botong in New Taipei City. Reports say that an iPhone assembly factory owned by Taiwanese multinational manufacturer Foxconn could return to operating at full capacity by the end of the month. The reports come after a mass exodus of workers earlier this month at the plant, which is located in China's Zhenzhou city. COVID had been detected in the factory complex, and workers say they were afraid of being infected with the disease and getting locked down in isolation at the site. Already through a series of subsidies and enticements, the company has attracted more than 70,000 new workers in just one week. Earlier this month, hundreds of Foxconn workers fled from the company's factory complex in Zhengzhou City in China's Henan province. Since then, the company has offered four sets of subsidies and salary raises to lure workers back. The Henan government has ordered civil servants to go to the factory to help out for up to half a year. They can help themselves to warm rice, and they can get disinfecting wipes and face masks for free. That's what we're providing to all the new workers moving in. I'm getting 12,100 yuan. That means I need to work for 30 days without being late, taking leave, being absent, or leaving early. That's the only way I can get the 12,100 yuan. On Chinese social media, a worker shares what his daily life is like, showing that some people are willing to accept the conditions. Though just as many find the conditions deplorable, Foxconn has managed to attract more than 70,000 new workers in just one week.
The factory complex, which is an important assembly line for Apple's iPhone, could return to full capacity operations in late November, according to reports. This, of course, could create some opportunities for Foxconn's competitors to jump in. Perhaps they won't expand their factories in China and instead look to expand in other areas. After the exodus of workers, financial services company Morgan Stanley revised its expectations for iPhone deliveries in the fourth quarter, down to 79 million units. That's a cut of 6 million phones, or a drop of 7 percent. The executive yuan on Thursday finalized a draft amendment referred to as Taiwan's CHIPS Act. The bill aims to lead high-tech companies to boost investment in research and development for advanced processes. It proposes raising the income tax break for local technology companies from 15 percent to 25 percent. It also sets forward a 5 percent income tax relief for certain tech companies with advanced processes. Let's hear from the economics minister. It doesn't restrict semiconductors. It also includes components related to electric vehicles, 5G, or for low-orbit satellites. We think there is a future for all these industries in Taiwan. I think the bigger tax breaks will incentivize Taiwanese semiconductor firms to stay and take root in Taiwan. That could also lower the costs for setting up new fabs and for R&D. The Ministry of Economic Affairs says it will communicate with governing and opposition lawmakers throughout the bill's review process in the legislative yuan. If all proceeds as scheduled, the bill could take effect on January 1, 2023 and stay in effect until December 31, 2029. At a press conference on Wednesday, U.S. official Mark Milley was questioned about the possibility of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. Milley responded that China would be playing a dangerous game by crossing the Taiwan Strait, and that China following Putin's example in Ukraine would be a strategic mistake. Let's hear more of what he had to say on the issue. At a press conference held by U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Mark Milley and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin to report on the situation in Ukraine, the media was also eager to know Milley's thoughts on whether Chinese leader Xi Jinping would attack Taiwan. But as best I can tell, he's a rational actor, and I think that he would conclude that an attack on Taiwan in the near future would be an excessive amount of risk and it would end in a strategic uh, really debacle for, for, for the Chinese military. Millie believes that she will make a decision that is in China's national interest. After all, Taiwan has an easily defensible strait and rugged natural terrain. That is a very difficult military task to do. You've got a large city of Taipei with three, three or four million people, with the suburbs about seven million people. You've got very complex terrain with mountains. Most of Taiwan is a mountainous island. So it's a very, very difficult military objective. Millie also remarked on China's lack of actual combat experience. And, and for someone who has, for a military that hasn't fought in combat since uh, fighting the Vietnamese in 1979, they would be playing, uh, you know, a very, very dangerous game to cross the strait and evade the island of Taiwan. Millie also used the Russian invasion of Ukraine as an example, saying that it would be a strategic and geopolitical mistake if China imitated Putin and took action against Taiwan. He also emphasized that the U.S. military is fully prepared. And I think it would be uh, uh, unwise. It would be a political mistake, a geopolitical mistake, a strategic mistake. Uh, I can tell you that we watch it closely. We are militarily prepared. 
and one of the keys now is to make sure that Taiwan can defend itself. Reports say that she could attempt to unify Taiwan by force by 2027. However, according to Milley, Xi's plans are nothing but a dream. President Tsai Ing-wen on Wednesday evening gave a speech at the Struggle for Freedom Conference, an event co-organized by the George W. Bush Institute, the National Endowment for Democracy and Freedom House. In a pre-recorded address, Tsai touched on what Taiwan has done to counter China's growing authoritarianism. She stressed that democracy was a critical asset for addressing challenges and voiced hope for further cooperation between global democracies. Let's hear what she said. The grand strategy of authoritarian regimes is to divide and destroy democracies one by one. The rallying cry from all democracies must be one for all and all for one. The People's Republic of China, from daily military intimidations, gray zone activities and influence operations to cyber attacks and periodic attempts at economic coercion. Democracy is more than a fundamental value that unites our people. It is also a critical asset in addressing major challenges. Tsai also thanked the U.S. for its support of Taiwan and the U.S. Congress for passing legislation to help ensure Taiwan's security.